Hello, my name is Patricia Rosvora and you're listening to Kitchen Conversations. This podcast aims to open up the mysterious and vague Eastern Bloc to a broader international audience. For each episode, I invite one artist and together we explore their relation, interest and urgency to create within the framework of the post-Soviet sphere. episode I'm talking to Marta Romankiv, an artist born in 1995 in Lviv, Ukraine, and since five years living and studying in Poland. Marta graduated from the Pedagogical University in Kraków and the Academy of Art in Szczecin. As part of her residency in Biennale Warszawa, Marta organized a social campaign, Immigrant Take a Vote, thanks to which immigrants living in the country could vote for the president of Poland. The symbolic elections were held in six Polish cities before the first round of presidential elections. The primary aim of the action was to start a conversation about the rights of immigrants living in Poland. Please welcome Marta Romankiv. Hello, welcome. I'm very glad that we managed to meet. Unfortunately, not in real life, but online, to which I think we got a little more used to over the past few months. Uh, before we begin, I wanted to mention that today we are talking in Polish. Lately, I don't have so many opportunities to do that, so it will be quite a challenge. I'm curious how it's gonna go. Additionally, it's also nice to say that today I'm calling from Amsterdam, the Netherlands, to you, living in Poland. Both of us live in, let's say, not our motherlands. I think that this is a nice addition to today's talk, circulating around topics of nationality, borders, democracy, rights of immigrants, and more. Uh, I would like to start by asking about the beginning of your adventure with art. Patricia, thank you very much. I'd like to start by thanking you for inviting me to this podcast. I'm very pleased that you invited me to this program and I'm very happy to meet you. To answer your question, how did my adventure with art begin? Well, it dates back to when I was still a child. Therefore, it's hard for me to define a specific moment in time. I remember already at the age of nine, I dreamed of studying art. So the moment I attended art school, still as a child, was the first time I got in touch with art. When it comes to contemporary art, the type of art I do right now, this adventure has only started. At the age of 20, I moved to Poland for my studies. It is then that I learned about critical art, about contemporary art in general, of which I haven't heard much before. So you could say that was the real beginning. Uh, did you start with a particular art technique? For example, painting, sculpture, something like that? Well, I studied artistic ceramics in Lviv, where I was mostly working with clay, but also with painting and drawing. 
So the beginnings were very conservative, very academic. Now I don't paint or draw nudes anymore, but these were my foundations. Nice. Uh, that was also how I started doing art. And today, what do you think the role of an artist is? I think the role of an artist in these modern times, first of all, well, what I like to do and what I am trying to do is to show people things which are not obvious, things which often go unnoticed, referring to problems that are neglected, but also questions. For example, I imagine art being a platform where the audience, as well as the artist, start a conversation about some of those issues. Uh, and as far as conceptual art concerned, was that artistic adventure triggered by you moving to Poland? I'm not sure if I would define my occupation with the term conceptual art. I associate conceptual art more with the 70s. I would rather define it as socially engaged art or something like that. Sometimes it's also defined by the term post-art, at least by my teachers. And indeed, I learned about it only after moving to Poland. In fact, in Poland, I found out about the possibility of practicing something like that. How did your life in Poland influence the topics you touch upon in your work? Well, it had a great impact, mainly because I started to deal with the topics of immigration and emigration, which I haven't done before since it didn't directly concern me. It is only in Poland that I learned about the possibility of creating socially engaged projects. I based my work on personal experiences and impressions from my surroundings. The reality that surrounds me influences my work enormously. I think changing your country and your community influences your identity and the things you create. At least it was in my case. Yeah, for sure. I think that by moving somewhere else, we can even strongly identify with the place we came from. Well, yes, there even exists a phenomenon that immigrants, emigrants and migrants in general start noticing some kind of patriotism in them, which they haven't observed before, and sometimes even nationalism, which is strange. But this is exactly what you were saying, that the moment we move out, we suddenly start noticing the characteristics of a place we come from. I also went through that phase, but now I wouldn't call myself a patriot anymore. Hmm. Also because the word patriot and nationalist got somehow merged into one. It seems to me that before the word patriot had a slightly more neutral connotation. And now it is seen as something more negative. That's true. And I don't know if it's a good development. But indeed, patriotism is often associated with nationalism. Although patriotism could also be understood as the will of living somewhere together. Now, I don't know anymore if I could agree with what I said a moment ago, that I'm not a patriot. Perhaps I am one, but in a different sense than what is usually perceived. Perhaps patriotism doesn't necessarily mean identifying with a specific flag or country. Maybe we need to look for other meanings and values behind the word. So before coming to Poland, you lived in Ukraine, right? 
Tak, mieszkałam w Ukrainie. Yes, I lived in Ukraine and then I moved to Poland. And that was because of your studies? Yes. Similar to me. No, tak, dokładnie. No, w wieku 20 lat. Exactly. At the age of 20, I moved to Poland and began my studies. Now I'm almost finished. Same here. <laughs> Your last work was broadly discussed and shared on various media channels. In one of the interviews, I read that people in Poland quite often wonder that you speak Polish so well. They are always somehow surprised by it. I'm curious about the reactions and uh, at what point people realize that you were not born in Poland and how then does their attitudes towards you change? Well, due to the fact that I live here in a, so to speak, artistic bubble, a more leftist one, people really notice that only after. To answer your first question, people notice that I'm not from here only when I talk about it. They very rarely hear a foreign accent because my accent is similar to an accent from eastern regions of Poland. At least, that's what they tell me. And indeed, they're often surprised when I'm not from here. And because I live in this artistic leftist bubble and surround myself with open-minded people, I haven't noticed that their opinion about me changes once they find out that I'm from Ukraine. However, I often come across some types of associations. For example, like, oh, I also have a friend from Ukraine, as if I have anything to do with that person, who perhaps lives 2,000 kilometers away from my city. So this kind of associations appear even amongst the most tolerant people, but not always. Very often, some kind of stereotypes seem to be stronger than them. For example, when you say you're from Ukraine, you're immediately put into a box with other Ukrainians they know. Usually, I'm not put into this type of box within my own safe environment. However, when stepping outside of it, for example, when hitchhiking somewhere in Poland, the moment I say I'm from Ukraine, I am immediately associated with Ukrainian workers. So people always look for this kind of associations, and I don't know if it's good. I would prefer to just be a person. As far as language is concerned, it is interesting that I live here for almost seven years and I do not speak Dutch. The Netherlands, especially Amsterdam, I think, is a bilingual country where everyone knows how to speak English. Because of that, it's hard to learn the language and people don't want to speak Dutch with you. I somehow believe that the Dutch language is the only thing the Dutch can still keep for themselves. I wonder how do you see that? How important in the process of cultural assimilation was for you learning Polish? So that people would see you as part of the country, as a person who simply lives here. Well, the language was very important. Only now I realize that because you can't immediately hear that I'm not local. I don't face the kind of discrimination that other Ukrainians face. Only recently I read an article on Wyborcza about integrated Ukrainians, who, despite living in Poland for up to 10 years, still face daily discrimination only due to their foreign accent. For me, language was very important, perhaps intuitively then. I knew that I should learn the language so that you would not hear that I am not Polish. It was even a goal of mine that I more or less achieved. However, I'm not sure anymore if that's good or bad. Anyway, learning the language was the basic factor allowing me to feel at home in Poland. 
Without it, I think it's very hard for others to feel at home here, particularly because of the reactions of others. So it's more because of other people's reactions than for yourself. Or perhaps one cannot exist without the other. Yes, for sure, one affects the other. Naturally, you can create, meditate the ways you feel in a society. However, it's difficult when the moment you enter a shop, you notice that you're being treated differently just because of the way you say it hello. And it wasn't done in a native language. The moment people see you as something different and alien, it is surely difficult to feel at home, to feel a legitimacy and to be in this place like any other person with the same rights. And is Ukrainian similar to Polish? Yes, it is very similar, and that is why it was so easy for me to learn it. I totally understand people who don't know any Slavic languages and can't learn Polish, because it's a very difficult language. But because Ukrainian has a lot of similar roots, it was relatively easy for me. And when speaking Ukrainian, do you notice a Polish accent? Yes, unfortunately I do. I use Polish every day, unlike Ukrainian, which I only use from time to time when talking to my family. So when I come to visit my family, everyone tells me, you have such a terrible Polish accent. So I don't know what to do about it, because I would have to use Ukrainian on an everyday basis, so that I don't forget it. But somehow, this is how the brain functions. I even dream in Polish, for example, as well as talk to myself in Polish, which is a method I started using in order to get rid of the accent. So it stayed like that. Perhaps the accent has to appear somewhere, in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it must sometimes. Now I would like to move on to the main topic of our conversation, which is of course your work. However, I'm wondering if I should refer to the project as Wybory or Immigrant Take a Vote. Well, indeed, at the beginning the title was Wybory, but during the process it somehow evolved into Immigrant Take a Vote, which for me is better represents the idea behind it. So now the official title is Immigrant Take a Vote, but if you say Wybory, it's also correct. All right. Uh, so when preparing for our conversation, I noticed that today is exactly a month since the first round of elections. That's right, today is the 28th. It's perfect then. Yeah, indeed, it's perfect. So yes, exactly. A month ago, Poland held the first round of presidential elections, in which those authorized to vote could choose their president from a list of 11 men. Unfortunately. Subsequently, two weeks later, on July 12th, we had the second round of elections. And that is why I wanted to talk to you uh, today about your recent project, which seems to be very relevant and necessary, I think, particularly at this moment in time. My first question, perhaps a banal one, but I guess a very important one. What was your main motivation in creating the project Immigrant Take a Vote? My main motivation was to start a conversation about immigrants living in Poland. 
Naturally, the topic is a broad one, but the fact of the upcoming election seemed to me a good one to talk about, the rights to vote for immigrants, uh, because it's not being discussed in any public debate in Poland. Unlike other EU countries, where local laws for immigrants are spoken about and even introduced in 17 EU countries, in Poland, however, no such documents exist. It's only spoken about amongst some local governmental organizations, people who are involved in fighting for the rights of immigrants, while none of the leading politicians uh, are likely to discuss it. Immigrants are treated as a kind of temporary, unimportant element of society, as if they do not have the legitimacy to their own opinion, especially on a political issues. The idea for the project was born on the occasion of last year's parliamentary elections that took place in October of 2019. This is when I started wondering who I would vote for, if I could. Back then, I talked about the elections with my friends from the academy, but on only. And somewhere there, I felt that I would also like to vote because I'm interested in politics, because I'm familiar with it to some degree, and I would simply like to take part in it. And that is when I started thinking about this project. It's very hard to say when exactly the idea came to be, because it was a whole process. So the main motivation was the upcoming elections, and the topic of immigrants, their rights, is what I wanted to raise. And the legitimacy for immigrants to have their own opinion, because most often they're afraid to have one, because of various reasons. And I wanted to encourage them to think about it, that they shouldn't be embarrassed of coming from elsewhere, that they should have the same rights to speak up as any other person living on this land. And that is why you organized the symbolic elections, right? Yes, that's right. I'm curious how many people voted in total. Do you know that? Well, I didn't count neither the votes, nor did I open the urns to see the results of those elections. I also didn't calculate the attendance because I wanted to leave a visual representation of how many voices there really were a visual sculpture of the votes, so that you could just come and see that there was a lot of them, or a little. I also had no idea how many people would actually show up. As far as I remember from what I could see, it was a few hundred people, about half a thousand, but I'm not able to give a specific count. Uh, it was certainly a few hundred. How many exactly? Well, I'm not able to say. So you're saying that you didn't want to count the votes because you cared to see the installation as a symbol. However, weren't people actually curious about the results? Yes, of course. A lot of people wrote to me asking how come I didn't count the votes, that this was the most interesting part of the project, for the research and so on, and that I should have done it. However, I never wanted to, and I won't do it. Despite the fact that the idea from the beginning was to create a type of symbol, I also didn't want the results of these elections to be somehow manipulated by the authorities. Because it seems to me that whatever the result would be, whether the left-wing or the right-wing party won, I mean candidate, be it left-wing, right-wing, liberal, or any result could be used against immigrants living in Poland, and the whole idea of immigrants being able to vote. So for those reasons, I did not wish to disclose the results. 
Did you have any difficulties with organizing this event, this action? Well, you know, there were a lot of difficulties because, well, first of all, it was a large project that took place in six cities where I myself was responsible for the coordination, organization and communication with all the institutions. I had no one helping me. Uh, there were a lot of technical issues as well. But probably the biggest obstacle was the COVID-19 pandemic, which changed the election plans in general. And it was not at all certain whether the project could take place. However, from the moment there was a new date uh, for the presidential election, everything went rather smooth. A lot of people supported me and a lot of people cared for the project to take place. I had a lot of volunteers, wonderful people who helped me in collecting the votes, even when one organization who was happy to help before and in the end couldn't make it because of the pandemic. Very quickly, I managed to find another organization eager to help instead. That happened, for example, in Poznań. So in terms of that, everything went rather well. I'm curious about the reactions of people, the reactions of Poles, but also people of other nationalities. What were the receptions to the project? Well, very different. The reactions of Polish people, well, that depends on the kind of people and what kind of media. Also, the opinions of immigrants were very divided. For sure, there were a lot of positive comments. It's great, cool project, cool idea. We never thought about the possibility of voting, a lot of immigrants told me. But of course, like I was expecting, the project it induced quite a lot of hateful comments, for example, on Virtualna Polska, where an article about my work was published. Also on other media platforms, somewhere in the comments under my posts on Facebook, for example, there were a lot of unpleasant reactions, usually from Polish citizens. I guess with more right-wing conservative views, but not only. So the reactions were very divided. Uh, I'm not able to say that, for example, this project was received good or very bad by everyone because these fronts were quite polarized. Either it was great or what a stupid idea. How could you even think of something like that? What kind of people took part in the selections? Was it more artists from your artistic bubble? How could you actually find out about this action and who could take part in it? I'm assuming everyone was able to take part, but I'm curious who actually came and voted. Well, you could mainly find out about it from social media. It's also interesting to note that Facebook blocked my page because it talked about some social topics amongst others, the elections, so my post didn't reach a lot of audience. However, they did reach some of the people. And those people who came, especially for the event, were usually socially engaged immigrants who have lived in Poland for some time now. I wouldn't say they were all artists, although artists came as well but rather people involved in non-governmental organizations who are interested and busy with the topic of immigration. That is to say, a rather engaged circle of Polish immigrants. However, an important part of the project was to appear with it in public space, to reach people to whom this information could never reach in any other way, because they are simply not interested in such topics. For this reason, I decided to collect the votes under provincial offices in different cities. This way, I could approach people, present to them the idea of the project, 
tell them what I am doing and invite them to take part in this election. That way I could reach a very diverse group of people, young, old, workers, intellectuals, academics, all those people who stood in line to get their stay permits and other documents. So it was really a huge variety of different people with different interests. I think the idea of the location was really great. I feel that oftentimes artistic projects such as this one frighten people who have nothing to do with art. They think, oh, art, that's nothing for me. But because of the fact that you organized it in a public space and not in a gallery, for example, you were able to reach a broader audience and invite more people to take part in it. If it wasn't for the public space, it would have been impossible to collect so many votes. I would have to specifically look for people, and people don't usually have the time, especially in immigrants, who often work very hard and more than eight hours a day. So that would have almost been impossible to organize. Here, I would also like to respond to what you've said before about how people tend uh, to associate art with something alien to them. Indeed, during the action, I noticed an interesting phenomenon. Those Poles passing by often ask surprisingly, what is this about? Do immigrants really have the right to vote? So after I explained to them that this was an artistic happening, they were kind of relieved. Oh, it's only art, then it's fine. In the end, it's not real. Indeed, art is often seen as a concept, something which won't happen. So indeed, my postulate is still perceived through the artistic lens, not necessarily as a real political demand. That can be good and bad at the same time. So sometimes it's hard for a true involvement and effectiveness because it is art. Well, but it did happen, right? I, for example, learned about your project from Kritika Polityczna. Your work was mentioned in many other magazines. What's more, you gave plenty of interviews. So the work got quite some exposure. And considering that, are you hoping for some changes in the migration policy in Poland? Well, in the end of the day, I'm a realist, and I didn't expect a big change. I never imagined that from one day to another immigrants would be seen differently, and that they would get their electoral rights, for example. But the idea behind my art initiative was to start a conversation, to make people aware of the issues. Perhaps in other EU countries, the topic of immigrants and their rights is more discussed, but not here in Poland. Here in Poland, immigrants themselves don't even think about it. So what I really wanted was to stimulate this kind of reflection. Particularly in immigrants, right? To underline the fact that everybody has the right to voice their opinion. It's interesting that the project was not only directed towards Polish people and the Polish government, but also towards non-Polish people living in Poland. Yes, that was my intention. In one of your conversations on Zoom, which is really nice and I highly recommend to watch it, you talked about a peculiar phenomenon. Some Polish people decide not to vote, despite the fact that they are entitled to do so, just because they do not agree with a given system or with the politics of the country. I'm curious what do you think about that? 
What do I think about people who refuse to vote? Well, first of all, I believe that it, this is not only a problem of polls. I would rather say it's a problem to be observed all around the world. One of those people, for example, is my mother. She claims to be apolitical and that politics does not concern her. However, I always tried to explain to her that even if you cover your eyes and don't look at what's happening in politics, the politics anyhow influences your everyday life, and even if you don't notice it. For example, I strongly feel how much the politics in the Polish state influences the perception of immigrants or other minority groups, for example, sexual minorities, so the so-called issue of gender, which now is a very acute topic. It is precisely the politics carried out by the people we vote for that shapes society, shapes people's thoughts, and all those social processes. So we can't deny what, that this is happening. However, if we can have any influence on those processes, we can choose. We should do it. We should take a little interest in what is happening, because we can't be apolitical. We just can't. Would you like one of those people who refuse to vote, although they have the right to it, vote in your name, to be your kind of voting avatar? Oh yes, that was an idea proposed by one of the recipients of the project, actually. He came up with the idea to vote for real. He even found this kind of avatar who would vote in his name. I think the idea is great, and it would really be cool to execute it one day. However, I don't know how legal that would be. <laughs> to create a platform of people who don't want to vote and people who do want to vote, but for some reason can't, and connect them with each other so that they can, for example, vote to one another. And for sure, this is an important idea worth considering in the future. Mm, that's right. I think the idea was very interesting and I never thought about it before. I was curious what you thought about it. I know that apart from organizing this happening and the entire project, you also sent a letter to the presidential candidates. Did you send it to all candidates of the first round? Yes, to all 11 men, unfortunately. Although no, I also sent the letter to one female candidate who resigned shortly before the outbreak of COVID. So yes, I sent it to all candidates, but I haven't heard anything back. I think it's a pity because the letter was prepared together with the Association for Legal Intervention, a very important organization based in Warsaw that helps immigrants and refugees. In the letter, I included questions related to Polish migration policy, which are important, current, and would certainly be worth answering within the framework of the pre-election campaign. However, since the letter was concerned with people who do not have the right to vote and who do not have any influence in the outcome of the election, perhaps for some other reasons the questions were simply ignored. It's crazy. Despite the fact that, as far as I know, there are more than 420,000 foreigners with valid permits living in Poland at this moment, none of the candidates raised the issue of immigrants living in Poland. Yes, indeed. And this number does not even include, for example, the workers who come here on visas or students who do not have a residence permit but use some other kind of permit. Last year, it was estimated that even 2 million Ukrainians dwell in Poland. 
Mind you, this is only the number of Ukrainians. If we add to it other ethnic and national groups, we will end up with an even greater number. So, as you can see, the vast part of Polish society is completely ignored by politicians. If politicians talk about immigration, it is only in the context of accepting or not accepting refugees, and most often in a very negative context. As we see in the presidential debate on TVP, national TV, uh, before the first round of elections, the way the questions were formulated already suggested a type of answer. For example, the question was already formulated in an antagonistic way. A wave of immigrants as something bad, something that they want to impose on us. Not at all as a group of people who need help. The truth is, the topic of immigrants already living in Poland and in the processes of integration, in the process of assimilation with the new culture, has not been addressed, neither before the parliamentary elections last year, nor now by any of the candidates. So indeed, it seems that this element of society seems to be unimportant to politicians. I think here it's also important to mention that this huge number of people, it's also a great working force that keeps the Polish economy running. Those are not just people who simply live here, but who work hard and pay their taxes. Well, yes, this is my main argument and my main postulate that comes from the project Immigrant Take a Vote, that every immigrant living and paying taxes in Poland should have the right to voice their opinions because they contribute to the development of this country. They are not someone who comes here and does nothing. But the sad thing is that the topics of immigrants and the reception of so-called Ukrainian immigrants, although no one really accepted them here, they simply came on their own and are working hard, uh, is often used against the arrival of refugees and indeed people who do need help. Politicians paradoxically announce that they accept Ukrainian immigrants and help them, even though they are in fact a cheap workforce, or simply a workforce, who pay taxes and do not get any help from the state. Using the notion of an immigrant and the notion of a refugee interchangeably is very harmful for Polish migration policy. And that is also not being talked about. Mm, yes, I also noticed that. In general, the language that you also speak about in your Zoom conversation, to which I will include the link under this podcast, the language which is being used in those discourses, for example, the wave of migrants, concepts that are meant to serve no one, but are nevertheless overused and show ignorance, little involvement, and become part of a political game. Well, I don't know if it's ignorance or a conscious manipulation, really. Because, you know, all people are afraid of something, and it seems to me that in the case of the wave of refugees from the Middle East, it was mainly about building fear of someone unknown and later saying, we will protect you from it. The same thing is happening with the queer movements. You end up building a fear of something unknown, just as you have done before with immigrants. And then you say that we will defend you from those others. So this is a type of conscious politics and unfortunately not ignorance, I think at the expense of people and their lives. Yes, unfortunately, a politics that is creating discrimination, which people have to encounter on a daily basis. 
I know that last Friday you have exhibited your project at Biennale Warszawa and you can see the work in their vitrines until July 31st. Is that right? Yes, although I wouldn't call it an exhibition, rather a presentation of the project. Uh, exhibition sounds somehow too arty. So yes, the presentation can now be seen in their vitrines until Friday, July 31st. Do you feel the project is finished or do you want to continue working on it? You know, at this point, I think what I wanted to achieve is done. And I'm slowly putting a dot on the project. For now, I want to start working on other things, other projects. Perhaps I will come back to it at some point. The topic stays open, but for now, I consider it an accomplishment of my plans. I'm curious if before the next elections, people will write to you asking about the possibility to vote. Well, perhaps in four or five years, something will change and immigrants in Poland will really have the possibility to voice their opinion. Looking at the trends in current politics and uh, the ruling party, I doubt it. However, in regards to what you said about the next election, uh, it's interesting that people have already written me about the possibility of voting again. Perhaps on the occasion of local elections, maybe somewhere in Warsaw, maybe during parliamentary elections. Uh, we should definitely do it again. However, at this point, I don't see any reason to repeat this project. Maybe on the occasion of the next elections, if such a reason emerges. We'll see. In one of the interviews with you, I read a very nice question. What do you dream about, Marta? I would like to answer this question in perhaps a trivial way. That I dream of an equal society in which no one is being discriminated because of various things. I would like to live in a happy society in which every individual is equal. As simple as that. And last but not least, to continue my podcast tradition, I would like to hear about your favorite Ukrainian dish. <laughs> favorite Ukrainian dish. Well, you know, Ukrainian dishes similar to Polish uh, usually contain meat or products deriving from animals. So it's really hard to have a favorite Ukrainian dish. But for example, there is one wonderful dish, uh, Ukrainian pierogi dumplings, which consist of dumplings and on the inside you have potatoes and onions. So I would probably call it my favorite Ukrainian dish. Oh, there's also cherry dumplings, which my grandmother used to make. This also could be one of my favorites. Great. Thank you so much for the conversation, Marta. Thank you. I'm very happy that we managed to organize this meeting, despite the fact that you have been talking about this work quite a lot recently. I'm glad that you are willing to record this episode with me. I hope that someday we will meet in real life. Who knows, maybe in Poland or somewhere else in the world. Thanks so much. You were listening to Kitchen Conversations. To find Marta's favorite Ukrainian recipe, as well as the links to her work, please check out the show notes. Hope you enjoyed this episode and till next time. The English version 
was made possible with the help of Amy Peckal. Thank you, Amy.